0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Maddie Peverell. The host of the show that likes putting in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, and the rest of the Steelers front office is able to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. A roster that, it's so good to be able to say it, they finished. They did have a winning season in 2022, and now it's about setting ourselves up for 2023 so that we can go after... A seventh Lombardi Trophy, something that you know. Look, if the Dolphins and Jets games goes another way, then maybe we get into the playoffs. Who knows? Um, at least to get in, you know, to perhaps win a wild card game. I think this team could have been capable of that. Uh, but look, season finishes still are in some respects lucky to get out there nine and eight. In other respects, they fully deserved it. I, I felt they fully deserved it. Incredible job by Mike Tomlin and co. Even if you're not a Mike Tomlin fan or you're becoming, uh, let's say, you're going tired of the limited playoff and Super Bowl appearances. You have to put it, you have to commend him. They're not, they're, this team was not nearly in the, probably even in the top 25, 28 Most talented teams, yes, they got talented rookies, and we're going to talk about them or most you know for most of today's podcast. But this team certainly, you know, did do well down the stretch. They showed some ticker, um, that's sort of a slang word we use in Australia for heart, and uh, yeah, so it it definitely shows that this team's got a lot of you know potential or, or promise. Uh, going into 2023, even if uh, like obviously we're a calendar twenty twenty three, but season twenty twenty three, even if um, you know, there's obviously gonna be some changes on the team as well. Speaking of which, I don't know if people picked up on the Cam Haywood comments, you've got to bring Cam Haywood back, even if you bring him inside. I know there's the whole there's a whole story with the with players that happens, particularly in the NBA, around getting guys championships. Cam's got to be back. This team, this team in the next two years, maybe not next season. Um, you'd expect them to be in a Super Bowl. But the following year, I actually would, um, to, especially depending on the, some of the moves and some of the key pieces that they have on this team. So to, before we go through some of the interesting things that I wanted to talk about on today's show, and look, you're going to hear a number of shows throughout the offseason and whatever Steeler platforms you listen to, particularly across here at Behind the Steel Curtain um, and and on com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You're going to hear a lot about the rookies. You're going to hear a lot about the team. You're going to hear a lot of analysis. I mean, there's now seven months um that we've also, until till football starts again for 2023, and the draft and free agency are only going to provide so many takes. And then, you know, we sort of analyze everything, And then you reanalyze it once you've done free agency and all the draft. And what do these picks mean to to whatever you've thought about? Also, how the Steelers feel can often be made apparent through through free agency and the draft as well. So a lot of water and a lot of analysis to go under the bridge. But as the season just finished, as this show is focused on a rookie report each week, that's what I want to focus on today is looking at the rookies specifically. And did they over and do they under deliver? Um, and there's a few ways you can look at this. So I'm going to try and cover a couple of those ways are going to be a heap stats, but I'll try and keep it pretty, um, as light as I can or, or do. A, I'm going to try and do a lot of comparisons for you so that, um, things are contextualized and you can sort of visualize some of these things. It's more than just a number on a page. Of course, in coming shows, we can definitely look at other things about the offense. I'm going to get straight into my draft stuff as of next week. Um, That's all going to really kick off. I've sort of delayed that through this season because to honestly, I've been with this team and what they've been going through. I've been so invested in it and watching how they've used their rookies Uh, because I feel as though what we've learned this year about the Steelers and how they use their rookies can tell us a lot. Um, And, and this might seem an odd thing to say. Most people might say, well, look, any any rookie class could do that. But I think the way they picked, who they picked, where they picked, tells us a lot about where these teams sort of focusing and how they're looking to keep a Super Bowl window open. Particularly when you think about the number of draft picks. And we've talked about in this show over the last sort of month or so, how many draft picks over the last few years they've invested in key positions on the offense, which allows them to have the most expensive paid defense. And and you know, there's there's like if you get if you happen to you know get rid of uh um, miles Jack if you get rid of William Jackson the third. Um, you know, if you get rid of Wormley, Alou, going, there's something like 30 plus million dollars and you've been restructured TJ. What there's like $40 million you can open up on this defense. Imagine $40 million spent to, to get this defense, you know, back and firing. Obviously you need some of that money for Highsmith as well. They'll probably look to extend him in the off season so that they can um, start spreading out that bonus as well. So some of that 40 million may go there, but essentially like it's pretty cool, um, how much this defense could evolve and develop and grow. Anyway, back to the rookie side of things. So a good place to start is let's do a reminder of where and who the steel is drafted. Um, but also we've got to include Jalen Warren, an undrafted guy um, for them, uh, the rookie there, um, you know, out of Oklahoma State, uh, a guy that made a little, really big contribution. Um, there's another undrafted guy in Carlin's Platel. He was on IR the whole season. So not a lot to talk about there, but the Steelers in, in the, in the first round of the draft at pick number 20 took Kenny Pickett. Uh, could be the next franchise quarterback. And then in the second round at pick number 52, they took George Pickens. Round three, Marvin Leal, number 84 or the 84th pick. Um, it was just number 98. Uh, and then you have. The fourth round picking Calvin Austin, who spent the whole season on injury reserve, he was picked 138th. Then you had Connor Hayward in the sixth round, 208th pick. You had Mark Robinson 225. And then Ola Dokun, who's not on the list anymore, is because he got cut. Um, he was 242, I think it was off the top of my head. So essentially, six well, six really key players. We number fifth round draft pick. Um, we cut a cut a seventh. Um, and then you've got Jalen Warren there, um, and of course Platel. So, but but putting Austin and Platel aside, we will still review Austin, given that he was a draft pick. But you sort of add, Warren's the real add to the mix that wasn't a draft pick in the rookie class. So, when you look at the approximate value um, that that Sports Reference or Pro Football Reference, in, when we're looking at the NFL um, produce. They've already started putting out the AV figures for guys um, who are part of teams that have finished the year. Now, Alex Highsmith, the Mink, Fitzpatrick, and Cameron Haywood all finished with a nine. They were all the team's highest. So it kind of shows it was definitely a down year. Usually Steelers have someone in 11 to 13 in the mix. Dan Moore got an eight. TJ Watt got an eight. And then there were another players that got a seven, and they were George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, Kevin Dotson, Devin Bush, Deontay Johnson. Mason Cole, James Daniels, Chooks. Now the key thing here is Pickens and Pickett. Obviously key players on the season. um, You can say they're, you know, equal third um, on on the list, but you can certainly sort of say they were up there for the Steelers. And that's a high expectation for, for um, rookies equally. Jalen Warren had a four pretty amazing for an undrafted running back came out of nowhere. And that puts him in the top 21 um, Steelers for AV scores on the season. So you think about all the players that have used in the season um, that that's pretty cool uh, for for him to to him to have that like that. I remember it's really exciting. I think in many ways, um, particularly to see how he's going to grow over the next few years. Um, and so we're going to look at so one of the simple ways you can look at whether they under uh, under delivered or over delivered, and we'll go around go by you know the draft picks. Is did they over i of them on face value. What I'm going to do is we're going to do that. I'm then going to give you actually a grade um, as well for them because I think uh, for the draft picks and Warren as well, because I think um, th- that's going to give us a good sense of not just over under, but like how can we measure it? And, and what does this look like next year for them as well? So, and then that'll wrap up part one. And in part two, we're going to look at, some of the more comparisons of the rookies compared to other rookie peers, um, you know, and how they performed on the season as well to get a bit of more of a sense of a, but more of a macro perspective or bird's eye view of how the steel, these Steelers rookies performed. All right, so let's get into it. So Kenny Pickett over under delivered. I think he over delivered. I think everyone can say that. I think look, without some of the comeback wins, maybe you would have said he under delivered over a first round, 20th draft pick, but he definitely over delivered Pickens over-delivered from week one. I don't think anyone's debating that one. He looks like he's going to be an incredible player for this team for the next five, six years. He's someone that if you can't even get a deal worked out at the end of the four years, um, you're know you probably franchised out a guy like Pickens. Um, Then DeMarvin Liao, I'm actually going to say he overdelivered. Now, some people might find that a bit of a crazy stat, given he could have been a he was projected to be a first-round draft pick, didn't necessarily have a massive season, was picked in the third round. But Steelers defensive linemen in their rookie year don't tend to do well. Like Cam Hayward was called a bust. I'm not upset with what Liao did. He also had injuries. He only started two games. He only played in eleven. Uh, lots of shake up on this defensive line. The Wormley injury, I think, you know, really uh, made things hard in terms of continuity down the stretch. I think Walu had a really up and down year and a mostly down year. Um, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give Liao a, a pass there. He 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 can over deliver, but if if you grant me a push, I'd probably say it's a push. Calvin Austin, look, he didn't play, so it'd be easy for people to say, look, like you know, again, push or don't list him. I'm going to say under delivered um, because I'm excited for what he represents. I also have serious concerns considering Matt Canada basically admitted he didn't know how to use him. So he may have under delivered anyway. Uh, I think the return game is where he's going to offer some real value for the Steelers next year. Uh, I don't know whether you bring they're going to really truly bring Gunner back. Uh, so I'm just we're just going to call it spade to spade, under delivers. Then we get to Connor Haywood. Now, Connor Haywood definitely, I think he overdelivered out of a fullback, tight end running back, hybrid, six foot, some key passes, some key plays, um, like some you know, key passes he caught. Um, some apps a really key touchdown in Atlanta. He overdelivered. Then you have Mark Robinson. He overdelivered for a seventh round draft pick that's pretty much had like barely a college like, a college year and a bit. Uh, playing linebacker. You can't even... What he did down the stretch as well, yeah, he made a couple of mistakes. That's made down the rounds of film on social media, still as Twitter, but no, he, he over-delivered. And then Jalen Warren, definitely overdelivered, delivered as I alluded to earlier. You, you can't argue with that. So from a grade perspective, what does this look like? Uh, Pickett, I get A minus on the season. Uh now some of the people might have given him a B or a B plus. I gave him an A- minus cuz without him the Steelers don't go 9 and 8. Pure and simple. Uh, I I just think what he did down the stretch the confidence he had the steel the poise I think if you'd played him earlier on the season he would you know would have got them um you know a couple more wins. I think with Kenny Pickett starting this is probably an 11 to 12 win team. Um and 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 you know if you just get knocked out, um, you know against the Baltimore, who knows where they go in that one? So yeah, I give I give Pikes an A minus. I pick it an A minus. Pickens, I'm giving an A. I'm not giving an A plus. He didn't break a thousand yards, didn't break five TDs, but I'm giving him an A. I don't think anyone to question that. Liao, I'm giving a C plus. Um, so while I said he over delivered, I think from a grade perspective, it's a little bit lower, but I feel like we could look back on that in three years and say that was, he was just getting started. Um, so no, I'm not surprised about that. Also, the other thing is that I saw some critique of him in, um, there's an NFL podcast. They do NFL tape heads, um, that they started doing ahead of the draft this year. And I listened to that really intently, some really good takes on that. I hope they bring it back this year as well. Um, but, they Talked about after the draft about the fall of DeMarvin Leal and they talked about the fall of him. He was starting to fall in sort of the rankings right up until the draft. And they talked about it just after. And they talked about that some coach, some coaches had been concerned and some teams have been concerned about lack of effort. Um, you know, particularly when the play wasn't straight in front of him. I don't think I saw that a hell of a lot from the Steelers, um, from DeMarvin Leal for the Steelers this year. So that that sign of excites me. But anyway, he gets C was. Austin gets a C. If you're doing a grade perspective, I think grades are a bit fairer than over and under deliver. Um, but he didn't play, so it's really hard to he really hard to judge. And that's probably about where we'll leave it for Austin because we can't really compare him to anyone else this season because he spent the whole season on IR. Cameron Hayward, I gave a oh, Cameron Hayward, Con Hayward. <laughs> I gave him a B minus just because of what he delivered at the position. Now, some of them might say it's a C plus. Uh, I, di- I did. I gave him a B minus. Particularly, I-, I thought he he did the right things. He did the things when called upon. Uh, and I think for a six hundred draft pick, contextually, he did pretty well. Ola Dokun gets an F because he's not on the roster. Maybe he could be a bit fair and give him a D or you know D plus or something like that. But it doesn't matter. Let's not waste our time talking about someone not on the roster. And then Mark Robinson, I gave him a C plus. Uh, because I felt he did a lot more than what we would have expected for him. People would have expected a redshirt year. He did do some good things down the stretch when we had some some injuries for the, the linebacking position. Um, and then Warren, I gave a B-. And I gave Warren a B- minus because of what he contributed in the rushing, receiving, and the blocking game for Kenny Pickett. And the guy was an undrafted rookie. Um, so I, I think that tells you everything you need to know in terms of performance good out of him. And when we compare him, to Some of the other running backs and their performances on the season. Absolute uh steal to have a, a depth and backup piece, um, a one-two punch for Najee Harris. I think there's a few people, you know, steel fans, um, getting a little bit of the ahead of themselves about the best one-two punch, one-two um punch running back team in the in the league, um, or getting close and up there or a top five. There are some very good teams. Like I think the Jets, sneaky good. Brace Hall and Michael Carter are a very good one-two tandem. Obviously, you've got a Hunt and Chubb. Um, you know, there are a number of different teams that do do this well. Could they be top five? Could they be top three over the next couple of years? Definitely. I'm not disputing that. But I'm not sure it was quite there uh in 2022. But with that, we're going to go a break, to a break on Steels warm, Join me for part two. We're going to dive a bit further into these Steelers rookies and contextualize uh, some of that, some of their perform, their statistical performances on the season, to get a better understanding of whether they over or under delivered in 2022. we're back on Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this show, weekly show, Maddie Peverell, the host of the show that likes to keep in the minds or put you in the minds of <laughs> Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they put together a winning roster in, now I can say 2023 and beyond, they did put a winning roster in for the season of 2022. And how exciting is that to see this team come back from a 2-6 and six start, even though they missed the playoffs. Interestingly as well, it now means um that from an A, I think it's from an AFC perspective, although the Jags are a little bit different. But uh there's something like f- four out of the 17, something that have gone nine and eight in, in the first two years of 17 game seasons haven't made the playoffs, which is an interesting stat. It still means you need double-digit wins uh to get into the playoffs. But looking at the rookies, uh, as I said, we're gonna look at some comparisons. So one thing I wanted to note was we talked about Kenny Pickett's AV uh, in part one of the show. Now, Kenny Pickett had an AV of seven, and I went back and looked at all, since the merger, all rookie quarterbacks, and that it had to have an AV of one or greater. So if they didn't play, they're not there. And looked at what they got in that rookie year. Now, I'm only going to look focus on the top, well, there's a the top 200. That's everyone that basically got two and above. Um, guys that have a two are guys like a Jeff Driscoll or a Jacoby Prissett or a Kirk Cousins. Um, remember, uh, Robert Griffin third started for them, you know, uh, Jake Delhomme, um, just Johnson. I'm just going to throw out a few names. Even Dan Fouts only had a two when he started, um, uh, in the league. Troy Aikman. So two. You know, Cordell Stewart had a three. So, you know, if you've got these numbers, it's mean you're the worst player ever in the world. It just means your rookie year, this is what you did. Um, Mason Rudolph had a three, uh, to give you even an example. At the top of the list, Cam Newton is leads with a 19 off the season he had in 2011. Now, obviously, he's a big running um, quarterback. Griffin had an 18. So you can see Wilson had a 16. Prescott had a 15. So guys at Rush, you can see this. on Donut, Mac Jones had a 14. Um now he played 17 games, so that could have easily been a 12, which would have pushed him down the list. So remember, his rookie year uh came at a time, as did Pickens, but Mac Jones, uh, sorry, Pickett, but Mac Jones actually started 17 games, obviously including that, um, and then he also played in the playoffs as well. Uh, you know, he started those 17 games for the Patriots. Kyle Amari, uh is there with a 14, Matt Ryan a 14, Andrew Luck 13, James Winston 13, Justin Herbert 13. That's the top 10. Ben, um, for context, Ben and Jim Kelly have both had a 12 uh, for their rookie seasons. And then basically a number of different big name players. You can have a look at that on Pro Football Reference But Kenny Pickett's sitting there with a seven. Um, and so that puts him in the top 61 uh, p- quarterbacks. In terms of AV in their rookie year. So that's a pretty cool place to be. Now, not every name when you look through that are guys that have had an, an awesome career, but at the same time, there are people who have had a lot worse rookie years. Um, so that's one thing to be to, to, from that perspective. Obviously, Kenny Pickett's rushing comes into this. That probably puts him pretty high on this. I found it one just interesting side note was Garda Minshew was a 10. I thought that was very interesting as well, particularly when you looked at games, um, played and games started. Of 12, because if you look at the games that started at 12, because that's what Kenny Pickett did. And remember, this is the value of that they've brought to the season. So anything above 12 games, it's a bit skewed. Uh but Gardner Minshew leads for all players that started with 12 games, specifically with 10. Bridgewater, 9, Daniel Jones, 9, Charlie Batch, a 9, Marcus Mayrodo, a 9, Dennis Shaw, 8, Jeff George, 7, Trubitsky, 7, um, as well. So interesting there with Trubitsky too. But that just gives you perspective is basically to say Kenny Pickett has a top 62 um, AV in his rookie year, uh, you know, since the merger. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool for a 20th um, pick in the draft for a lot of people. Some people said he should have been even picked early the second round or really late in the first. He delivered for the Steelers. Now looking at Kenny Pickett a bit further. um, So we're going to look at the quarterback position here from this perspective. On the season so far, of all the rookie quarterbacks of the 2022 draft class. Uh, if we look at that, Kenny Pickett had the most completions, 245, um, versus, and Brock Purdy was next on the list with 114 um, of completed passes. Completion percentage, Bailey Zappi was 70%. Brock Purdy, 67%. Desmond is 63.5%. Kenny Pickett, 63%. Kenny led in yards. Now, obviously, he started the most games with 12. Brock Purdy only started five. Bailey Zappi, two. Desmond Ritter, four. Scarlett Thompson, two. Malik Willis, three. TDs, Brock Purdy leads. Now, obviously, that's a much more set-up team. Much more set-up team. There's a lot of hype given to Purdy. This is a very similar team to the uh, Iowa State team. He played in Iowa. um, Iowa, not Iowa State. Um, He is very similar to the... Uh, yeah, I need to play Iowa State. I'm right. Um, it's very similar to the Iowa State team, the way that's sort of set up with a big defense, a lot of running um, for, for Brock Purdy there, use use of the tight end. They're scheming him to do well, not taking away. He's having an awesome season. It'll be so interesting to see how he goes in the playoffs. Um, but Kenny Pickett's had to lead a lot more of the actual team and performance out there. And with an average offensive coordinator, Brock Purdy's got the Kyle Shanahan system. Um Interceptions, Kenny leads that as well. No surprise there. In terms of percentage of touchdowns thrown when attempting to pass, Brock Purdy does lead. Kenny Pickett was middle of the pack there with 1.8%. But again, we know the offensive struggles that the Steelers had. Quarterback rating, it's a little bit skewed when you don't start more than five games. So Brock Purdy has 1073 um, Bailey Zappi has 100, Desmond Ritter 86, Sam Howell 83, Kenny finished with a 76.7. Uh, Kenny Pickett was sacked the most and played the most. That kind of makes sense. Um, so you can't really argue with that. But when you actually look at a percentage of being sacked, Kenny was the fourth lowest with 6.49%. Only Bailey Zappi, Brock Purdy and Skylar Thompson were sacked less. Malik Willis was sacked 14.08% of the time. Um, that you know that that's a that's a lot. Fourth quarter comebacks. Kenny Pickett leads game-winning drives. Kenny Pickett leads. Um, you can't. That's what you expect from the the top quarterback of the class as well. That's what you expect. Uh, in terms of team wins in games when he started, seven, five losses. Brock Purdy's five and zero. Uh, you've got Bailey Zappi's two and oh, Atlanta Desmond Ritter's two and two. Malik Willis. Uh, is down there at one and two. Um, so you know, all that hype about Willis being better than, you know, Pickett never really came to fruition. Um, Kenny Pickett is the winner in this team, Ken, uh, or this rookie, um, draft class of quarterbacks. Then we'll move to the wide receiver position. Now, George Pickens was, you know, when a wide receiver taken in the second round uh, as well. So was Alex Pierce. The three guys ahead of him. So he's a t fourth on the list. He's a top five wide receiver this team from a target perspective. Um on this team, on the, from this rookie draft class. Uh Garrett Wilson, Alave, and London were all picked in the first eleven picks of the draft. Um, and you know, you look at it, the targets, you look at the receptions on those targets. Garrett Wilson, first with 83. Um, he was a little bit delayed to start the season as well um no i lie he was delayed in that preseason but he did start him you know, he did play in 17 games he started in 12 Alave 72 drake london 72 receptions george pickens 52 receptions so again like guys like johan dodson um you know not in there travis etienne who's considered the rookie because he was out last year greg dulcich those guys are first round guys um Traylon burke's a first round guy as well that You know, it didn't translate. Um, all the performance George Pickens' performance was basically better. Yards on the season two. Now, this is interesting. Like this is where they all held strong again. Garrett Wilson, 1103, Alave, 1042, um, or thousand and forty-two yards, Drake London, eight sixty-six. He was the eighth pick in the draft. George Pickens, eight hundred and one yards. Yards per reception. Um, now obviously it's a little bit uh, skewed here. But if you look at the top five, Christian Watson, 14.9, George Pickens, 15.4, Drake London, 12, Alave 14.5, Garrett Wilson, 13.3. So George Pickens, again, top five wide receiver, rookie wide receiver this year. From a touchdown perspective, he was six on the – well, he was um, six when you rank it by names, but he was basically – Equal second with Wilson had four, Alave had four, London had four. He had four. Johan Dotson and Christian Watson both had seven each. Um, But again, George Pickens is and those. If you look at those top um, six guys or and equal, you know the the ranked positions of one and positions two. He is the like the um, furthest or the largest. Like how do I put this? He is the uh, latest draft pick, pick, he was picked 52. Watson was picked 34. Everyone else was picked in the first round. So Pickens is really over delivered when you think about where he was picked, he was valued, it was picked. We knew it was value. There was questions about his attitude. The other thing too, he is, is young, right? Now Drake London, when you look at these top five is the only other guy that's 21. The only other guy that's 21, right? The other guys that were 21. Uh, that were wide – that um, caught receptions in from the rookie class were Brees Hall, Zonovan Knight, Isaiah Spillock, all running backs, and Jamison Williams. And Jamison Williams was there only in six games, only had nine targets on the season. So the Steelers have got a really big steal, George Pickens. We talk about other Steelers, we talk about Calvin Austin being a potential steal. People did not think the way that we got Kenny Pickett is a steal, particularly if he does turn out to be the franchise guy going from Ben. But Pickens at the moment, she's shaping up as the steal of this draft. Now it's only been one year. Um, And yes, we've got all the highlights on tape. I thought he caught the ball on the weekend. I thought it was a catch. You know, it's a little bit annoying that people, that Tomlin didn't challenge it, but of course he wanted that Tom, he wanted challenges left um for other key moments. Really exciting from Pickens. When you look at these stats, top five, Potentially top three wide receiver from this rookie draft class. Massive. And we took him in the second round. Okay. So when you look at that as well, I did the same thing that I did for Kenny Pickett and looked at AV. Uh, now, when you look at seven, what does seven get you from an AV from wide receivers? <laughs> that puts you in the top 120 of all time. Top 120. Now, guys that, if you look at um, that, the most ever was Randy Moss and his rookie with 18. Jamar Chase had 13, right? So there's a big drop off into 13. Look at the other guys that had seven. You've got guys like Jalen Waddell, T Higgins, Terry McLaurin, uh, Steve Largent, um, Roe Williams, Jarvis Landry, Anthony Gonzalez. Um, who else we got in here? James Jones, Dante Stolworth, Kenny Britt, uh, Troy Edwards, Calvin Ridley, Mike Wallace, Des Bryant, um, Doug Baldwin, Randall L, Randall Cobb. So Doug, yeah, I so said Doug, Doug Baldwin. So there's Michael Hardman. So there's a number of guys, number one of one-on guys that all got seven. So that's pretty cool from Pickens. Um, Armand and Brown had an eight for context, because we know how good a rookie year. He had um, in 2021. Oh, DK Metcalf, another guy that did really, really well. He only had an eight in his rookie year. So that's pretty exciting um, from that perspective. Mike Evans had 12 touchdowns as well uh, in his rookie year, and he only got an eight. So yeah, pretty pretty exciting in terms of pickings. Now, looking at... The running backs, and, and it's very hard with Hayward to put to put this, some of these in perspective. Um, but in terms of running backs, Jalen Warren, or let's call that rushes on the season, including quarterbacks. Jalen Warren was number six in the league. He was undrafted, remember? Now the five guys ahead of him were all drafted. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, or Pacheco, Pacheco was um, seventh, a seventh rounder, but everyone else is fourth round or better. But Jalen Warren is the the least ranked there, or the low, lowest ranked because he went undrafted. Sixth best rusher with 379 yards on the season. Pretty cool. Kenny Pickett's actually eight with 237 um, behind Jordan Mason, ahead of Kyron Williams, ahead of Malik Willis. Um, now, obviously, played more than Malik Willis, but still um, ahead of guys like Pierre Strong, I thought would do be used a lot more um, ahead of ahead of Christian Watson, um, ahead of Desmond Ritter head of Isaiah Spiller, that's Kenny Pickett. So the Steelers had two rookies in two different positions. um, And one was very different in terms of whether they were drafted with Kenny being drafted in the first round, Jalen Warren being undrafted. But two of the top eight rushes in the rookie rushes in the league this season came from the Steelers. And that's pretty crazy for a team that we know over the last few years has struggled to produce um, in the run game. So that, that I thought was pretty exciting. The other thing that I thought was pretty cool from those guys that got um, over three hundred yards, uh, so that's the top six. Jalen Warren had the equal highest yards per attempt of four point nine. Um, with um, Pacheco, Kenneth Walker, who ha- broke a thousand yards and had a four point six. Damon Pierce had a four point three for Houston. In terms of TDs, obviously only had that one one TD, but. You know, that sort of is what it is. Um, he had, a, you know, he's, t- he, he set up in key moments. And this, the unfair thing is this doesn't really talk about, uh, how many, you know, the, the key blocks that he did, but he was also top six for yards, um, r- yards per game in terms of rushing. Kenny Pickett was seventh. So Jalen Warren had 23.7. Kenny Pickett had 18.2. So if you think about that in itself, the Steelers are getting like 42 yards run, run rushing a game from Warren and Pickett. Uh, that's, that's pretty incredible for the, for, you know, TDs combined with those guys on the season. So I don't think if you'd said that the Steelers would start a rookie quarterback who would be sixth best rusher in the, uh, seventh or eighth best rusher in the league, yeah, eighth best rusher in the league. And they'd, un- they'd have the undrafted Jalen Warren be the sixth best rookie rusher with the, some of the names and the, um, you know, pedigree that's, that's listed here, uh, you know, in terms of what went into the draft you wouldn't have said that. Particularly, imagine all the Malik Wills haters. They would have said absolutely no way. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Malik Wills on the average 15.4 a game, remember, as well. So even if you look at the averages per game, he didn't, he didn't do it. Um, we're not up there with Kenny Pickett. Uh, so yeah, pretty interesting from that perspective. Now looking at tackles, I looked at um, everyone since in 2022 that was drafted that made at least one tackle. Um, so that's how I sort of, looked at this one. Um, Jalen Petrie actually led the class with 99 for Houston. It sort of shows the odd sort of defense they had um, as well. So, yeah, pretty pretty interesting. But I'll search by position because I think it's very different um, be- between the positions. If you look at defensive end, so we're looking really at DeMarvin Liao and Mark Robinson. We're not looking at so, so special teams tackles. Mm. Um, DeMarvin Liao was pretty up there, actually, for defensive ends. Um, he had eight tackles on the season. That, that was equaled by Drake Jackson and Matt Henningsen. Now, Drake Jackson was taken in the second round, a pick number 61, um, and Matt Henningsen was taken in the sixth round. Alex Wright had 13 for Cleveland. Sam Williams had 15 for Dallas. George Loftus had 18, and Jermaine Johnson had 18. Now, Loftus the, the third, and Jermaine Johnson, the, the second were both first round draft picks. Sam Williams was a second, right? was a third round. So, and before DeMarvin out. So out. this is why I say you could give him a C plus, B minus. Um, you can say he over-delivered on what the expectation was for him. Um, just given give his draft spot and what he actually sort of achieved. Uh now DeMarvin out unfortunately didn't get a sack. A lot of the defensive ends did get a sack. Isaiah Thomas had um one sack for Cleveland, he was drafted in the seventh round. Um, Drake Jackson had three, Matt Henderson had one, Sam Williams had four, Carol Loftus had six, Jermaine Johnson had two and a half. So from a Sacks perspective, not necessarily did, um you know, DeMarvin Liao, he wasn't really up there. If you look at tackles for a loss, again, he only had one, so a little bit behind there. That was like equal last for all defensive ends in this rookie class. If you look at quarterback hits, he had none. So that kind, of, that, that kind of lets him down in those um, departments. Now, this, unfortunately, this graph didn't bring up, for me, uh, past defenses. I'm going to try and pull that up uh, really, really quickly, which isn't the easiest thing to do uh, in um, the way that this graph is set up. It's actually very technical, but we'll see if we can get there. Oh, I might have done it. Okay, cool. So, um, in terms of passes batted at the defensive line, DeMarvin Leal had two, which ranked equal, equal, equal fourth, um, in the two, three, yeah, equal fifth. Sorry, in the league. Perrin went with two. So, Perrin Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, MyJ Sanders all had two as well. Kingsley, um. And Agbar had three. Calum Thibodeau had four. Drake Jackson had six. Carol Oftis had six. And Alex Wright had seven. So that was kind of one area that I know that Demarvin Leon did well in. Look, we want to see him get a bit more to the quarterback. He didn't really – he had no quarterback knockdowns. He wasn't blit, didn't have any blitzes. Didn't have any highries. Didn't have any pressures. Um, didn't have any sacks. Didn't have any quarterback tackles. So that's the big area for him to develop in. But give Mike Tomlin – and it's still his defense, especially Carl Dunbar, an off-season with Marvin Leal. I'd love to go back and look at this in year two um, and see how things have gone at the end of year two because I think I think he will prove to be a top three or four um, defensive end from this class. Now, obviously, it's a bit different. A lot of the guys we're talking about as well, like Thibodeau, Karloftis, Wright, um, Drake Jackson as well, Perry and Winfrey, um, Definitely, my J Sanders, Isaiah Thomas, all are playing in four-three schemes. The Marvin Leal is not. Um, so yeah, really interested to see how that continues to develop. But everyone talked about De- Devonte Wyatt, um, you know, and him coming on in the last few games this season. Leal's ahead of that. So that that's going to wrap up most of Steelers' of this week. I wanted to say one thing else. Like I, I heard a um, take on take. Uh, on the Draft Dudes from the Draft Network last week and it talked about top five rookie classes and it said that Green Bay was a sneaky rookie class. Talked about Detroit. Um, There are a couple of other teams that were sort of mentioned like New York um, in terms of the Jets. This Steelers rookie class, when you go through it, this is a top three to top five rookie class this year. They've got three bona fide starters. We haven't seen anything from Austin. Um, and they've got at least two or three depth, or let's call it two depth pieces um, in Haywood and, and Warren on this list. Who knows what Robinson could be? This is exciting, Steeler fans. Your team, your Pittsburgh Steelers went nine and eight after being two and six, expecting a lot from these rookies with a coordinator that I don't, I, I'm not a fan of, That I do think um, Nakanda, you know, they should move on from him. They still achieve this. No big bend, the stature that that is, changes in the locker room. They still achieved 9-8. and eight. Incredible, incredible season for the Steelers. And really get excited about this offseason. Look, it is going to suck watch play football. Steelers should be there this week. I, I feel like that as well. You know, it is going to suck towards football. Steelers aren't in it. That's what we want to always compete for. But this team is setting themselves up and things don't just happen um, straight off the bat. You know They've got to fight for it. I wasn't alive in the 70s and 80s. I can't tell you what that was like to be a Steelers fan. You know, I was, a, I was a kid in the 90s. I can't tell you what all of that was like. But what I can tell you is that I know I feel lucky and I appreciate the fact that the Steelers are a lot closer to winning a Super Bowl than they were at times during those decades. Now, I know they've played in Super in Super Bowls in the 90s. I know they played in NFC Championship games. But I'm saying this team is is, is closer to being able to build a Super Bowl window um, than some of those teams were in some of those years. Um, so get excited. Stay tuned for massive offseason. All positives coming out of Pittsburgh. Um, and this rookie class, I mean, think about this. we got three picks in the top 50 this year. Three picks in the top 50 in the draft. They could even trade back, you know, in one of those spots um, as well. And just load up. They load up and they get five, you know, picks in the top 80. Look out in the years ahead. Absolutely look out. Um, but with that, that make that wraps up this week's Steels Warren, As always, I'm gonna say go steals because go steals in the offense, and this is show number 97. That's why I started off with Cam. Really want to make sure Cam comes back next year. Can't see why he shouldn't.